I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, and behold the beauty of the Lord, and inquire within his temple. And so we do, Father, we are thankful tonight that we are those washed in the blood of the Lamb who have holy access into your divine presence. We ask that the Holy Spirit would have his way tonight. We invite your ministry and your anointing. We ask that minds would be renewed and hearts would be receptive to the mighty word of God. Every spirit that's not like God, we bind you in the name of Jesus. We take authority over you and cast you out. You are under our feet. We proclaim that, we confess that, and we believe that. And Father, we'll give you all the glory, all the praise, and all of the honor for every manifestation of your spirit tonight. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We're going to continue our series teaching the crucified life, dying to all that is Adam. This is part two in uh, what I believe is going to be a series of teachings in this uh, subject matter. Uh, I'm going to call 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 22, our foundational text. We adopted it, I believe, last week. We went over this scripture last week. And uh, it's a, a main topic of discussion in this series. Paul writes, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. And we talked about that last week in great length, talking about how we don't want to identify as children of God. We don't want to identify with Adam anymore. Adam is defeated. Adam, we found out last week, was a rebel. He was a failure. And in him is only death. Our association as believers, should only be Jesus Christ. I wish I could get a better amen than that. The Bible says, because even so in Christ shall all be made alive. So life, hallelujah, is only found in Christ. And we should only want to be identified with him who has given to us eternal life. And the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we've been teaching on that and we're going to continue to teach along those lines tonight. That we're, we're, we want to die to all that is Adam. And be alive to all that is in Christ Jesus. For the Bible says we have been made new creatures in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. 
all things have become new to us. Now I want to go now to Romans chapter 16. And I think we touched on this a little bit last week. Uh, and I read out of the New Living Translation, and I'm going to do that again tonight. Romans chapter 16, uh, my, my bad, Romans chapter 5, verse 16. And we're going to go all the way to verse 21. Romans chapter 5, verse 16. I like this uh, New Living Translation. It brings a lot of clarity. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation. But God's free gift leads to our being made right with God. Somebody say amen to that. Even though we are guilty of many sins. That's grace. For the sin of this one man... Adam caused death to rule over many. That's why we don't want to identify with him. When we identify with him, we identify with death. And our God is radically opposed to death. I'm going to say that again. Our, our God is radically opposed to death. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life. And that more abundantly. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater, somebody say even greater, is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph. Hallelujah over sin and death through the one man, through this one man, Jesus Christ. You know why a lot of believers struggle with sin? Because they don't know who they are. They don't know who they've been made into be. They don't know that they are in Christ and that they have access to Holy Ghost power to be able to say no to sin and yes to righteousness. As we identify with Christ Jesus, as we recognize who we are in him through his blood, we begin to walk free from sin. And I made that this statement last week. I, we begin to understand that sin, because we've been raised up and made to sit together with him in heavenly places, sin is beneath us. We are and have been by the blood of Jesus and by the grace of Almighty God. We have been made righteous in God's eyesight. We are the very royalty of God. Hallelujah. And all that is in Adam is a thing of the past as far as God is concerned. So it should be with us. We should look at Everything through the eyes of redemption. All who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. 
Verse 18. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone. But Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and a new life for everyone. Hallelujah. That's the good news. Verse 19. Because one person disobeyed God, talking about Adam, many became sinners. But because one other person, Jesus, obeyed God, many will be made righteous. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. That's why the law came. To show man his need for a savior. That's the reason that God instituted the law. To show man the sinfulness and that they needed a savior. But as people sin more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. Verse 21. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them death, God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, the person who wrote that was the Apostle Paul. And uh, he had a great revelation of God's grace. And he understood the truth of identifying with Christ. Something that the church needs to get a hold to. We need to get a, a revelation of our identity in Christ. And what the new birth has done for us. So that we won't be so easily led astray in our thinking that we're still connected to Adam. We have been set free from all that is Adam and that curse. And we talked about the curse last week, not in great detail, but we did say that part of the curse is spiritual death. Sickness and disease, poverty, which really is just separation from God. That's what sin did. It brought separation from God and all the life of God. Paul got a revelation that he had been set free from that, that uh, identity with Adam. And I want to look at some things concerning Paul for a minute. Let's go to Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7. And verse 58. And cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses lay down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. Now, this is talking about the murder of Stephen. He was a martyr, and I think the first person who was martyred in the church. And the Bible says that they laid their clothes down at a young man's feet named Saul, who would later become Paul. 
verse 6, it said, And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. That's what Stephen said. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. So Paul, before he was converted, was a sinner. He was not born again yet. And he was legally, in the mind of God, a child of the devil. Shows you how powerful the born-again experience is. And so, this was Paul's condition. He was still connected to Adam. The only thing that sets us free and, and brings us over into the realm of Christ is our faith in Jesus and his powerful blood. Once we experience the new birth, we are forever severed or separated from Adam. But Paul had to experience that for himself. And even after he got born again, he had to cast down every imagination that would try to still connect him with Adam, or who he used to be, Saul. God even changed his name to Paul to, to try to bring him into an understanding that you are truly a new creature in Christ Jesus. Same thing has to happen with us. We have to see ourselves as God sees us. Then we will walk in the freedom that the Bible says we can experience. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, uh, chapter 15. I want to see something there. Still talking about Paul. Paul says here in verse 9, For I am the least of the apostles, that I am not meet or able to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. So he's referring back to that time before he was born again. He was still in Adam. Because the Bible says he persecuted the church. Now, Paul did it out of ignorance. He, he had a zeal for God, but he did it out of ignorance. And God was able to use him later on because uh, of his zeal. But it says here in verse 10... But by the grace of God, I am what I am. See that? He says, by the grace of God, I've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. He says, I am what I am by grace. How many of y'all know everything that we receive is by grace? Through faith in Christ. So Paul says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. So the Bible says that God bestows grace upon every child of God who will believe for it, who will walk in it, who will experience it by faith. Paul, Paul goes on to say, And this grace was not in vain. In other words, I did not let the devil steal the revelation of the new birth from me. 
I did not let the devil condemn me from my past or with my past. He says, God's grace was not given to me in vain. But then he goes on to say, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. So again, Paul is pointing back and letting us know that everything that we are in Christ is by grace. We can't stick our chests out and get a big head and think that we're all of that. The only reason that we are in Christ and are separated from Adam is because of God's mercy and great love. Amen? Always keep that in mind because as you continue to get revelation concerning who you are in Christ, there is a tendency to get proud because we take our eyes off of him. We start thinking that it's us. But the only, only reason that we've been lifted up to these lofty heights in Christ is because of God's grace and mercy. When we understand that, God can then begin to give us freely all things. We can start walking in power and victory and in triumph because of what the cross and the resurrection has done. But we always have to keep that perspective that it's only by grace that, that we experience all these great things. Amen. Let's look at Galatians chapter 2. Let's go there. Because as we go through these scriptures, <clears throat> what happens is we start seeing all the things that God has done for us. And it causes us to, 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 to walk in a newness of life. Because we, get, we begin to get revelation concerning the victory that we have in Christ. Galatians 2, verse 20. Paul says, I'm crucified with Christ. So again, he identifies with the death of Jesus Christ. And we said last week that when Jesus went into the grave, he saw Miss Pat go into the grave also. He had that perspective. He saw all of us who would accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He saw all of us go into the grave. And it's important that we see that. That we understand that. That that old man is dead. That Adam in us is dead. As far as God is concerned. And Paul understood that. He says, I'm, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. So he identifies there with the resurrected Jesus. He says, it's not me, it's not, it's not my natural man, but it's the anointed one and his anointed living in me. And why do I have the anointed, that, that resurrection life and resurrection power living in me? It's because of God's grace. Then he goes on to say, in the life which I now live in the flesh, 
I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Then he goes on to say here in verse 21, I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. So again, he understands that his righteousness and this right standing with God is not by human effort or human accomplishments. Because when I try to approach God from that perspective, I'm really living in Adam. I'm really promoting Adam. But when I live by faith in the finished work of the cross, and I have a revelation of it, I begin to experience what it is like to be in Christ and the divine freedom that comes with it. We've been made free from all of the curse in Christ. A lot of times we, 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 we accept things that we shouldn't accept in terms of the curse. I mean, the curse can manifest in our lives because we live in a broke, uh, a fallen world, a broken world. But how many of y'all know that we're not, we're not broken? We're not fallen anymore. And because of that, a lot of times, because we live in a broken world, we accept the curse. We say, well, you know, that's just how it is. But the scripture doesn't say that. The scripture says, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for me, for it is written, Cursed is every man who hangs on the tree, so that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles by faith. I got to identify with my new position in Christ. I got to identify with the, with the freedom that has been given to me in Christ. Freedom from spiritual death. Freedom from sickness and disease. Freedom from poverty. But when those, when those, when those hostile elements try to attach themselves to me, and they will, because again, I live in a broken world. I can, we found out last week, I can submit myself to the word of God. I can resist the devil and he'll have to flee. Every single time. When I recognize my position. When I embrace my position in Christ. So Paul identified with that. He says, I don't frustrate the grace of God. I don't argue with it. If God says a thing, it's true. Whatever he says about me is true. Whatever he says about the, the freedom that I have in Christ Jesus is true. I don't care if the devil knocks on my door at 2 o'clock in the morning with a symptom. I can, I can resist that symptom in the name of Jesus. Symptoms, how many of y'all know? Symptoms, they come from, the, they're in the natural realm. But we're no longer connected to the natural realm from that perspective. We've been set free from the natural realm. Because Jesus bore every element of the curse in terms of sickness and disease. So when I feel something, I can say no to it in the name of Jesus. Somebody said, well, I don't know about that preacher. 
Get to the point where you can't get to the hospital. Get to the point where you can't uh, call somebody on the telephone. God expects you at that moment to walk by faith and not by sight. I didn't say it was easy, but it is possible. But I must begin to identify with the resurrected Jesus. See, he's seated at the right hand of God in his glorified body. That's where he is right now. And I, by faith in the cross and the resurrection, the Bible says I'm seated there with him. And I can draw, hallelujah, from his powerful life at the right hand of God. I can draw from that. That's my portion. I I can draw from his immortal life, hallelujah, and receive power to overcome anything in the natural that would hinder me in my ministry to God. He quickens my mortal body. But I have to identify with what he has done. And I glorify him when I do so. Let's go to Philippians. Chapter 3. Now when you preach along these lines, trust me, you get tempted in this area. (laughs) Everything I'm preaching, I've had to do. Yes, I have. Many a time I've had to stand on the word of God because God's commissioned me to preach like this. And because of that, the enemy will test me in these areas. I'm not, te- I'm not teaching nothing that I haven't had to experience. The only reason that I'm standing before you right now is by the grace of God. And faith in his word. Because without a revelation of Understanding who we are in Christ or who I am in Christ, I would have been dead a long time ago. I'm telling the truth in Christ Jesus tonight. Many fiery darts. And some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Many fiery darts. But no weapon formed against me can prosper. Why? Why? Because the word says so. Didn't say a weapon wouldn't be formed, but it can't prosper because the word says so. My faith, our faith is based on the written word of God. Not just in church, but out there. Philippians chapter 3, verse 9. Paul says, and be found in him. The revelation of that I am in Christ. Not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. So it's important again that I regularly meditate on who I am in Christ and what God has done for me in terms of righteousness. Do I deserve all of these things? No. 
I don't deserve anything. If I got what I deserve, I'd be in hell right now. But I get what I get from God because of grace and mercy and because he has made me righteous in his sight. It's all because of Jesus. That's why we have to keep our eyes on the Lamb. Keep our eyes on our risen Savior. Keep our eyes on the finished work of the cross. That grave is empty, hallelujah. And we have to understand that. Verse 10. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. See, he, see how he is identifying with the resurrection, with the resurrected Jesus? He's not identifying with Adam anymore. He says, I want to know him. I want to know Christ. And I want to be connected, not just in my mind, but I want to be connected to his resurrection power and life. Because that's part of my inheritance. So Paul had to do that. He had to do that. He had to uh, regularly meditate on who he was in Christ so that he could walk free of the curse, so he could preach the gospel, so he could write three-fourths of the New Testament. And it took revelation that uh, the devil could not take him out until it was time for him to go home and be with the Lord. Amen? First Corinthians chapter 1. Verse 17. Hmm. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, to preach the good news. Not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Not the wisdom of man's words. Yeah, I know it's important to keep our eyes on the scripture. Man's wisdom is defective and weak and unable to penetrate the darkness. The only thing that can penetrate the darkness is a revelation of the cross and its finality and our access to the victory of it. Verse 19, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us who have revelation, it is the power of God. If I, if I got revelation, if I got a, a divine understanding of what the cross has done for me and the victory that I share with Jesus Christ, and by the way, I do share that victory. The Bible says I'm an heir of God. And I'm a joint heir with Christ. So every victory that he has experienced in his resurrection, I can experience it also. Hallelujah. Because, I, uh, because of the way that he has positioned me. 
Again, I didn't position myself. He positioned me there. And once he, once he positions us there, it's important for us to stay there, hallelujah. Not to be moved away from it. Not to be talked out of it. Because all we are in Christ is conqueror. We, we, we've been made more than conquerors, the Bible says. But I can be, I can be moved away from that if I don't walk by faith. If I don't walk by what the word says. So the Bible says that the preaching of the cross is foolishness to those who don't know Jesus. But to us it's the power of God. Let's go to chapter 2 of that same book. Let's look at verse 1. Again, Paul says, and I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. I like the way Paul puts it. He says he declared the testimony of God. That's all he, he declared. God's testimony. What God had to say about the thing. What God had to say about redemption. What God has said about our union with Christ. And our access to that victory of the resurrected Jesus. What God has said about who we are in Christ. Paul said, I only declare that God's testimony. Man's testimony, when he's walking in his own understanding, is weakness, doubt, staggering, staggering unbelief. A bow down existence to the devil and the things that he brings against us. But when we understand the testimony of God, again, the Bible says we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. So my mindset has to be a mindset of a victor and not a victim. I may be tempted to go that way. But when I start feeling weak in my natural man and start gravitating to Adam, I must get into the Word. I must allow the Word of God to define me and only the Word of God. Not my feelings at that time, but the Word. If we go by our feelings, we won't walk in victory. But if we go by what the word says, we are assured victory. This is the, this script, these scriptures, this new covenant is the perfect law of liberty. Somebody need to preach on that one day. The perfect law of liberty. The perfect law of freedom. This brings freedom. Forever. Forever. The moment you got born again, the moment you received eternal life, hallelujah. See, eternity for us, it started the moment we got born again. And, and now we have access to the powers, listen to me now, we have access to the powers of the worlds to come. The Bible says that. 
We have access to things that we don't really understand if we don't understand that we have access to them. And what Jesus has done for us. Then he goes on to say here in verse 2, For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's all he preached. Christ and him crucified. He he preached a bloody gospel, hallelujah. I say he preached a bloody gospel, hallelujah. There There is no remission of sins without the shedding of blood, amen? We understand that in our mind, but do we understand that in our hearts? In terms of the freedom that the blood has afforded us. Paul says, I, I only preach Christ and him crucified. He said, I, I'm determined only to do that. He said, I can preach on a lot of things, but I've chosen to preach what God, the testimony of God, and our deliverance from all of the curse, because we're no longer in Adam, but we are in Christ. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15. And 45. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was a living soul. That's talking about the Adam who we determined was a rebel and a failure. He was a living soul. The last Adam, that's referring to Jesus Christ, was made a quickening spirit. So, and I wrote these these points down. I must declare my independence from the first Adam. Who was a failure, a rebel, and we said he also was selfish. I now give my allegiance to Jesus Christ, the last Adam. So everything that Christ and the Word of God, the new covenant says, belongs to me, I embrace it. And everything that the curse which Adam, the the first Adam experienced, I reject it. It's simple as that. I embrace the blessing and resist the curse in the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, I'm not walking in the flesh, but I'm walking by the faith of the Son of God. That's what Paul said. He says, I'm walking, I'm living by the faith, the very faith that Jesus walked in. We're walking by that faith. We're living by that faith. We embrace that faith because we have access to it. Remember the fruits of the Spirit? Part of it is faith. But I must embrace it. I must not uh, be intimidated to believe the promises. I must not just think it's for the super Christian. But it's for every child of God who will believe it. 
Ephesians chapter 2. Let's go there. Verse 1. And you... And you had he made alive. Who were dead in trespasses and sins. You know, you hear people say this, and I know what they mean when they say it, but they, they make statements like this. I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. Have you ever heard that before? That's wrong. You should never say that because you're no longer a sinner. You're no longer in Adam. And people say it all the time. You people say it all the time. I'm just an old sinner. Still embracing Adam. Still thinking like Adam. Still subject to everything that Adam is subject to. But the Bible says, you have he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. No longer dead. I now identify only with Christ. Dead in trespasses and sins, that's Adam's portion, not mine, not yours. Chapter 2, verse 2. Wherein, in time past, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. That was, that was then. Somebody say that was then. This is now. We walked according to the course of the world. The devil had control over us. And he had a legal right to control us. Because we were children of the devil. Yeah. A, a lot of times people have a, a hard time understanding that. We were alienated from God. We were, we talked about this last, we were enemies of God. That's why, that's why we have, we, it's, it's imperative that we embrace this revelation of who we are in Christ. And divorce ourselves completely from everything that is Adam. Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our lifestyle or our conversation in time past, in the lusts of our flesh, the f- fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath. That was our nature. Thank God for the new birth. Amen. Thank God for the born again experience. Hallelujah. Verse 4, I love it. 
But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, had quickened us or made us alive together with Christ. And again, by grace are you saved. (laughs) Didn't earn it. Didn't deserve it. Should be waking up in hell right now. Hallelujah. But the Bible says, by grace, I've been saved. I want to be like Paul. And I did not frustrate the grace of God. I want that to be my testimony. I did not frustrate the grace of God. I took full advantage of the grace of God. And glorified him. Hallelujah. In this life. And in the worlds to come, I'll glorify him even more. And I'm going to close here. Verse 6. And had raised us up together. And made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We've been raised up. See yourself raised up with it. Close your eyes. See yourself elevated to that place that God says he has elevated you. Far above all principality and power. Far above all the encroachment of the enemy. Far above everything that the enemy can bring against me. I've been raised up above it. David said, he set me upon a rock. Hallelujah. This is our God. This is the love of our God. This is the beauty of Jesus Christ. And Father, we worship him tonight. We worship the Lamb tonight. He has done it all. He deserves all the glory, all the praise, all of the honor throughout all of the ages. And so we do tonight. We focus on him who has been raised from the dead. And we see ourselves only in him and identify only with him by your mercy and grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Say hallelujah to him. Give him praise tonight. And we do, Father, we give you praise and the glory and all of the honor. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You may be uh, 